What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast show. And uh, we are at Health 2.0 conference right now, and I am about to be uh, I'm not about to be joined. I'm joined right now with Karina Edwards, who's the CEO of Quill. So welcome, Karina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We were talking a little bit up front about the fact that you've spent time recently in Boston. Uh, you did your grad school there at BC and uh, lived in the South End. So we were fondly remembering our times back in the, the South End and the great food scene and the fact that you're in Philly now. And I am Philly in has Philly. A I'm loving Philly. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about Quill in just a second, but uh, you have a, an impressive background. You've worked at a number of really smart digital health, you know, healthcare companies, Improvada, Nuance, Zinc's, and Philips Healthcare. Talk a little bit about the journey and let's start even with what got you into healthcare in the first place. Sure. So I absolutely lucked into healthcare. I was going to school at George Mason for my undergrad and I was interviewing for jobs as you do before you graduate. I really wanted to go to like Arthur Anderson or Ernst & Young, like one of the big consulting companies. So I met with a consulting company. Um, they were Impact Innovations Group. And they happened to have just won a contract with the Department of um, Health Affairs, deploying the ambulatory data system to every single hospital across um, the globe for Department of Defense. And so I lucked into healthcare. And so uh, it was one of these great opportunities where I got to work there part-time before I graduated. Uh, they were looking to recruit people to go on the road after graduation. So I was 21. I got the Navy contract. And I was going to all the naval hospitals. There are, I think, 26 of them across the globe. Okinawa, Siganella, Guam, Hawaii, amazing locations. But the fun part for me, what hooked me into healthcare, was we were taking off green bar terminals. We were putting in Bay Networks routers and IP networks and the actual PCs teaching doctors and nurses how to use technology and start collecting technology and observing their workflow. And so I really got that frontline experience and I was hooked. I saw what they have to process, how they have to collect information. And so from that point on, I, um, you know, I stayed in healthcare now for 23 and a half years. Well, I love that you preface that by saying that you lucked your way into healthcare because I find that Half the people I know got into healthcare because they had a parent that was a doctor or there was a serious illness. Uh, the other half were like, I don't really know how I got into it. But then I started down the path and got here and really love it now that I'm here. But uh, it is such a, a thing that I think the more passion you can have around it, the better off you are. And given your job as a CEO of the company that you're running now, it does seem like all of that great background helped lead you to what you're doing today. Because I think one of the things I see with great leaders is that you don't have to have been the dishwasher and the cook and the waitress or waiter, but understanding the roles of everyone and understanding what everything does and how they do it really can help you better understand how to lead them. And um, I guess it, it probably makes sense to talk a little bit about what Quill is. It's a joint venture between Comcast, uh, NBC Universal, and Independence Blue Cross. And I love the premise. Now, I haven't used it, um, but just in what I've read about it, it, it sounds cool. Uh, you're here to answer what happens next. And it's really to support that whole journey that people go through, which 
I think a lot of times it scares the hell out of them when they first find out that something's not as it should be, right? So talk a little bit about the company and, and you know, you can probably do more justice to it than what I just described. That was but. fabulous. Thank you. Oh. Um, no, so Quill Health, we are truly a patient engagement app, uh, but we are prescribed by the provider. So we help the patients and more importantly, the people that they are support team, their caregivers, organize and navigate their health life. And a lot of people get jolted into journeys. And when you're in a journey, you really don't have that turn-by-turn direction. There's a lot of fragmented information. A lot of people are actually searching the web, aimlessly looking for the right information. And, And there's great health data out there, but it's not broken down in really succinct, digestible bites, and it doesn't align and personalize to where people's goals are. And so I'll give a simple journey. Uh, If you were getting your hip replaced and you think about there's very different personas of people getting their hips replaced. I could be the 55 year old. I was a division one soccer player. So, you know, with the hips that are aging, but I want to get back onto the golf course. And that's a very different mindset than a 73 year old who wants to walk a flight of stairs and play with their grandkids. And so really understanding the digital persona and then breaking down the health content, not just the, the thick, binder full of data that they hand you, you know, half sideways photocopied at the end of your appointment to say, here you go, you're going to have surgery. Um, But really engaging that person in their care, right? Who's going to drive you? Go tag them and add them to the app. How do you get your home ready? And bringing the data, not just on their smartphone or on the web, but to their television. So today you can go and when you get your care plan digested down for you, it syncs to your, to your cable box. So the 33 million subscribers to Comcast today uh, can just go to their voice remote and say Quill Health, and now the Quill Health app comes on the TV. What we're gonna demo here at Health 2.0 is that full circle, and we'll give some examples on how easy it is. So when you go to the channel on the television, it really is health information. But when you actually put that one-time token in and identify yourself as the person, it's your to-do list. So that same example, if I'm having my hip replaced, before surgery, I'm gonna have to do at-home exercises. I can do them in the comfort of my living room. I'm gonna have to teach um, my husband how to care for my wound. I can sit down in the living room and watch that and then have a conversation about it. So when people design their life around this thing hanging on their wall, it's a great place to meet people where they are. Yeah, I mean, Wow, what a great service, and I'm sure the devil is in the details and and how it works, but my wife just went through this with her mother who was diagnosed and unfortunately passed away because of uh, um, glioblastoma, and talk about it turning the world upside down, and and she's, you know, in a better place now, Um, but there was so much research, and my sister was the one that it really fell, or my sister, my wife was the one, she has two sisters, that it fell on to do all the research and to go through that whole process. And so to have something that could have walked her through and sort of helped better provide her dad and like even her mom and sisters on what they should have been doing and how to do it. Well, you talk about that that stress of the caregiver too though, right? right? I mean, your wife's journey that she went through. We also have that segmented in the app. So when you log in and you're a caregiver, not the actual patient, We're gonna give you some content. How to reduce your anxiety, how to not feel the guilt, how to have the difficult conversations. These are things that no one trained you to jump into this crazy thing that you were handed. And and we really wanna just be that, that, that friend, that companion to guide them through it. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing I think a lot of people forget about is um, I had the luxury of having Katie Couric on the show, you know, a few weeks ago, and she said with her first husband who did die of cancer that she had tremendous guilt about the fact that, you know, she didn't know exactly how to go through it. And she was the one that was getting all the information from the doctors and she knew her husband at the time didn't necessarily want all that. And so she did hold some back. But I think having someone that can walk you through or some instruction that can walk you through is so incredibly helpful and I also love that idea of using multimedia where it's not just your phone phone is great but there are people that want to see it on their TV or the computer and then the voice activated remote I'd like to talk a little more about that because I know that things like Google and uh, Alexa and you know certainly with um, Comcast and, and the remote voice is such a critical piece, right? Because there's the user interface in it is stupid simple. Everyone knows how to talk to something. So maybe tell us a little bit more about how that's playing a role and what you're doing and, and part of uh, Quill. Yeah, so it's a combination both uh, in the app, right? So when we ask the users questions in the app, they can use their voice because that's a standard smartphone functionality. But also to, to navigate TVs, it's amazing. Certain demographics, you know, my aunt falls into this demographic. She's older, she's been watching the nightly news her entire life. Uh, she loves her voice remote. Lester Holt, right? And it goes right there. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's an amazing back to meeting them where they are. Uh, when you have that kind of reach, and we're not exclusive to Comcast, but clearly we're gonna start there. They are one of our parents. Uh, so it's the unique thing that we have access to some of this great talent. Uh, so to be able to tap into, um, when we actually build a provider journey, we can tap into the NBC Universal crew, and they'll come on site, they'll actually film some of the providers, so when the patient actually downloads it, it's their doctor talking to them. It's their case manager, their caregiver talking to them. And so it's really bringing this to light by cap-ending, you're, you're very familiar with this in your role, but by cap-ending those journey pieces and serving up based on that persona again, you're going to show me really active images and people getting back to the golf course. You're going to show someone else, maybe a walker, tools they can use, stability aids, things they should buy from the durable medical equipment. So, you know, it's been... It's been very fun exploring the consumer side, bringing the consumer insights from Universal theme parks and NBC Universal and Comcast and their reach in the home to bear as we bring our offering to market. Now, it sounds all big and fancy, our big parents, but we are a startup. You know, we are on this journey. We were founded in April 2018. Uh, we launched our first iteration of the, the platform in January. We are in pilot at a few locations and we have patients on the app and so it's been a super exciting ride for us. Well, I mean, it's incredibly cool and I didn't even think about what a benefit having a parent like that that does have really all these people experiences mapped out because I think we forget at the end of the day that um, people are people, right? And the more you can understand them and try to make things comfortable for them and accessible and affordable, it all plays well together in helping keep them healthier I guess one of the things I'd love to know more about and don't want you to have to talk about anything controversial, but as a startup, you know, what are some of the challenges you all have met over the last year plus in, in getting this business up and running? Um, it's a great question. You know, it's, it's, it's not been so much the challenges, it's, it's finding the right fit, right? You know, I think we have a lot of big dreams and big plans, but like everything, understanding that user experience and where we specifically add value we had to iterate and fail, iterate and fail, and that's part of the fun part about being a startup. So I joined seven months ago, and I believe over the last seven months, 
we have really refined our value proposition to those that bear risk. As you think about this industry, we're moving fee-for-service to value-based care. Patient engagement is critical in that transition, but it's the why that matters to buyers, right? So why is that? So if I can increase patient adherence and they're in a risk value bundle, then now all of a sudden I'm going to probably get better compliance, better adherence, less missed appointments, um, and more um, more oversight because I can give that telemetry back to the provider so they can nudge you when you might be doing the wrong thing in your journey. So now when they're at risk for the payment, they can really start controlling those costs. But it's also to make the staff more efficient, right? Clinicians and nurses, they answer the same question for all of their patients so many times. So with the technologies that we have today, you know, there's, there's AI chatbots. There's no reason we have to uh, you know, answer the same question over and over again. That doesn't mean it doesn't escalate to a person. Absolutely, but let's let the frontline staff back, back to observe their workflow, walk in their shoes, understand where you can add value. Because at the end of the day, if you don't deliver value, just another cool app, right? You have to be able to look at the different users. So we're a B to B to C experience, and so we have user experience groups looking at all people in the value chain. That makes sense. I guess you brought up something that um, it's the conundrum of any good AI or sort of machine learning powered experiences, and that is that it's really good up until you actually misstep, right? So, and, and I'm not talking about like anything from a misdiagnosing, but it's like I go on and I'm talking no, to, to the- To be clear, we do not diagnose in the app. Yes, right, <laughs> sorry, yes, good clarification. But if you think about like, I'm talking to, let's say Comcast, right? I have an Xfinity account for my internet and I have a fairly like obscure question, which is why I'm going online and I ask them something and immediately it's like, oh, did you try turning the on and off button on? It's like, okay, you lost me because of that. So how do you find that fine line of making sure it's customized enough to meet the persona's needs but not, you know, but not so customized where like you can't be scalable because that's the other thing you have to think about, right? Is you can't, you have to have that that balance. Otherwise, you could only ever serve a thousand people or ten thousand people versus millions or hundreds of millions over time. So we pair it with asynchronous messaging, and so when you think about this, this is a truly custom provider experience, um, and so the provider's prescribing it to the patient, they go off. Now their care team and their care managers really have been taking the brunt of those questions, right? They call the office, they go in for their appointments, they forget their questions. This tool takes all those FAQs that they've been answering for the past five years and automates them. So now at least the frontline answer, all the easy stuff is taken off the table. So I think you start your AI and machine learning on that, the easy stuff. And then as you learn over time, you get better at that asynchronous messaging and you can, you, it, it starts learning now and starts recommending and it prompts the messaging asynchronously to the caregiver who will push the, the, did you mean this or should I respond with this? And as it learns over time, that will just be an automated response. So it's a, it's a gradual learning curve and I think it's something that tunes over time, but it's been, it's been very fun to, to trial. Well, that's great and that's smart. I, I love hearing that approach because I think there's this feeling a lot of times where it's kind of like, I'm just going to put it out there and let the thing do its thing, right? Versus having that human intervention and then learning from the responses you get and what the hit rates are. And that to me is truly that personalized experience. And I like that you're working with the care teams themselves who, who know the patient best, right? Well, absolutely. And you also want to give the patient the easy button. 
right? This can't be cumbersome for them. And so there always is the very convenient quick click, click this number and call, right? So there's always a way to get to somebody live, but 90% of the time they don't need to. And it's more of just a question or I, I couldn't find this or I can't remember this one thing. And so it's a great way to have offline asynchronous communication. Well, especially with this next generation of millennials who, you know, I have a 20 year old, a 17 year old and a 12 year old. They don't never want to talk to anyone on the phone and really don't even want to like email with anybody. But if they can, you know, chat or do something like that and that's going to be a thing. Like I'm as learning they, with that generation. It's becoming the new inbox. That's right. Like they don't just text like the same minute. Like when someone texts me, I just text back. <laughs> I'm so old. I, I fall into that same boat where it's like, okay, I'm expecting that you're going to respond to me. It's part of why I'm subsidizing your phones for you is I want to be able to have synchronous uh, communication, not asynchronous communication via text. Uh, I mentioned up front that we are at the Health 2.0 conference. You're actually speaking at the conference, and you're going to be part of the Health 2.0 session, Bold Moves in Healthcare. Can we talk a little bit about what your talk track is going to be uh, for that presentation? Sure. Um, we are actually going to give a live demo. We've been asked to do a live demo on stage, and I will caveat this. Um, we didn't get to drop a cable box into a huge arena, so it'll be fun bringing a, a, we actually have a prototype unit that is a cable box on the Internet. And so it's the full streaming service from Comcast that's here at the, at the show. And we are going to show a, a hip replacement example, which is why it's top of mind, uh, and show the audience what it means to have the patient view and really go through that journey and how they can actually see their to-dos, navigate, micro-learning, and then sync up to the television all live uh, on the main stage. And then we'll talk with Matt for a little bit on kind of where we're focused and what's next for us. Well, that's great. It sounds like uh, it'll be an amazing session to, to witness. This is the part where I do like to shift a little bit more to the person I'm interviewing, and I like to ask a few questions, the first of which is, tell us something about yourself that people don't know that you're willing to share with the audience. So people don't realize that I'm actually an introvert. I can be very extroverted, and uh, I think I'm what they call an extroverted introvert, but if you ask my husband... <laughs> After my whole week of like being on and being on stage and running around, there is nothing better on a Friday than like the back deck, music, stars, regroup, right? It's just a very simple alone or quiet time. And so I don't think people get that. They think I'm just this extroverted personality. Usually as a CEO, you do tend to be more of that, right? Hey, let me ask you a, a drill down question because I used to be off the charts extrovert. And really what people, I think, forget sometimes is that you can be very out there and rah, 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 but it's where you get your energy from, right? And you're saying you get your energy from that sort of being at home and quiet and relaxed. Were you at any point more of that I need to be out there and with people to get energy and it sort of diminished over time? Or have you always been an I introverted think, extrovert? I think I've always been an introverted extrovert. I think I love it when I'm out there. And there's nothing better than a great you know, company kickoff meeting or big events and, and fun parties and concerts. But that like being able to like have that three-hour window where you can just downtime, regroup, recharge is the, is the key piece. I think it is that energy piece. Cool. Well, um, I would not have guessed that. So thank you for sharing that. Second is uh, a book. And I know you've got a good choice because we were talking about it before. But uh, I like to ask folks so that people listening in can build their libraries, a book they've read recently or that inspired them that they're willing to share with the, the audience. So this is just a very fun little novella. It is super cute. Uh, it's called um, The Story of Arthur True Love. 
and it is it is a story of an older gentleman who had no family who lost his wife and he was going to the cemetery every day to sit with her and have lunch with her and along the way he met a troubled teen and uh, they actually got uh, to, to know each other and she became pregnant and I won't ruin the book for people but at the end of the day it was really how an 85 year old man recreated a whole new circle of family around and it was just such a sweet touching story I just love it. Well, it sounds like it is, and I think people will appreciate, in particular, the novella approach. Very small. Because we all have those airplane rides, right, <laughs> where sometimes it's, you know, Friday, and we've had a long week, and it's like, you know what, I just want to relax, and I don't necessarily want to watch a movie, and so that's a good one to, to throw in the uh, queue. Last question. Um, you're on a deserted island. You can bring one album with you. Which album would you bring, and why? You two Rattle and Hum. It is the best of the Edge guitar. It is that live album, that bridge, which from Joshua Tree, just one of the most amazing albums. That's an excellent choice, and I am a huge U2 fan. And actually saw the uh, Joshua Tree, I think it was the 25th anniversary you saw the tour as well. It was yes. quite impressive, yes. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O, host of the What to Know podcast. I've just spent the last 30 minutes with the amazing Karina Edwards, who is the CEO of Quill Health. You're going to be speaking uh, tomorrow, yes? Tomorrow, yep, 9 a.m. Thank you um, so much. Good luck with your session, and thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash whattoknow.